Would you stand with me again this morning as we honor the reading of the wonderful word of the Lord. Today we're looking in the book of St. John, chapter number 4. The book of John, John's Gospel, chapter number 4. And we're going to read verses 34, verses 34 through 38 this morning, reading from the New Living Translation. John, chapter number 4, began reading with verse number 34. The Bible says, then Jesus explained, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. You know the saying, four months between planting and harvest, but I say, wake up and look around. The fields are already ripe for harvest. The harvesters are paid good wages and the fruit they harvest is people brought to eternal life. What joy awaits both the planter and the harvester alike. You know the saying, one plants and another harvests. And it's true. I sent you to harvest where you didn't plant. Others had already done the work and now you will get to gather the harvest. Father, I thank you once again for your infallible, your incredible, your miraculous, your life-altering, life-changing word. God, I pray again today the anointing of the Holy Spirit will rest upon the message, the messenger. God, upon the ears of those that would hear today. God, may we not just hear, but may we receive your word. May we apply your word. May we put in in everyday living, Lord, what we receive today. All for your glory we ask in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. All of God's people said praise the Lord. Lord. And you can be reseated this morning. Well, we are currently in a series I'm calling Better Together. Say better together. Better together. See, life is better when you have other people to share it with. Now, we are promoting a ministry called C-Groups in this series. Now, C-Groups are small groups of people, usually between five and seven, five and seven family units. And these people are urged to do life together. Now, these groups have a dual purpose. And and the purpose of these C groups are for caring and community. Now, I talked about these two uh, purposes the past two Sundays. Uh, I would encourage you, if you missed last Sunday or if you missed either or both of these services, I encourage you to go online and listen to the sermon so, so you will hear our heart and you will see what is happening and what is going on and what we are believing God for here at the Grace Place. Well, today I want to talk to you about caring for our community, caring for our community. We are caring people caring for people. That's our mission statement. But it's not just a mission statement. It is our heart. It is our desire. That's who that we desire to be. We desire to be caring people, caring for people. Because we are caring people, we don't want to just care for the people that are inside our church. We also want to care for the people who are outside our church. Now, the way that we care for people at the Grace Place is twofold. Number one, by providing care for all of our people. And we do this through C groups. But not only do we care for people by providing care for all of our people, but also by partnering with caring ministries around the world. Now, let me say this this morning. We are really, really good at partnering with people in far-off places. 
we are really good. But I would have to say that we're a little bit weak in caring for the people in our own backyard. Now, if we have a weakness at the Grace Place, and nobody likes to admit they have a weakness, but if we have a weakness at the Grace Place, I believe it would be in the connecting and making a difference in our own community. Now, because we are aware of this, we are taking action steps to correct it. You're going to be hearing more about these action steps as, as time goes by, and you're even going to hear a little bit about it at the end of this message today. Well, let's look at our scripture this morning. Our scripture for today, Jesus said, Jesus said, you say, Jesus said, you say, hey, man, we, we, we still have four months and then the harvest. Uh, you say, Jesus said, you say, man, we've got plenty of time. The harvest is still a long way off. We still have a lot of time to get the harvest in. But Jesus said, I say to you, I say to you, wake up. And look around, because the harvest is not in the future, but the harvest is now. Say, the harvest is now. The harvest is now. Jesus said, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, because they are white already to harvest. Jesus said, seeds have already been planted. And these seeds have already germinated. They've already taken root, and they've already begun to grow. And now it is time to harvest. Go harvest the crops that others have planted. Well, God has placed in my heart and in the heart of my staff that it is time to make our presence known in our community. It's time that the grace place become known. It's time that we become more visible. It's time that we make our presence known in this community. It's time for the Grace Place to have influence and make an impact in our community. We talk about having influence and and impact around the world, and we do that and we want that, but we also must have it in our very own backyard. Every Sunday you hear me say, I want the fingerprints of the Grace Place to be found all over the world, and and it's happening. You've already heard me say that we we, we help support over 120 missionaries in more than 60 countries, and that's awesome. That's incredible. That's, That's great. But listen, listen, as we endeavor to touch the world, let's not neglect our world. Our world is Arlington, Mansfield, Grand Prairie. Jesus said in Acts chapter 1 and verse number 8, Jesus said you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you're going to be witnesses for me in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the, other, uh, and to the very ends of all the earth. Well, I would say this morning that at the grace place we are really good at the ends of the earth part. But we're a little bit weak at the Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria part. Fact of the matter is, one of our members calls the Grace Place the best kept secret in Arlington. The best kept secret in Arlington. Listen, our goal is to expose the secret. We believe we've got something going on here, amen? I said, we believe we've got something going on here. We believe we've got something to offer. We believe that God has put together an incredible team and blessed us with an incredible facility and given us an incredible heart. We believe that God has incredible plans for this church. Amen. It is time to expose the secret. It is time that we begin to make our influence known in our very own community. 
Time to touch our world, our Jerusalem, our Judea, our Samaria, which is Arlington, Mansfield, and Grand Prairie. Our goal is to care for our community. So let's talk about three things this morning, three things today as they relate to caring for our community. First of all, I want to talk about the inventory. Talk about the inventory. As we As we take inventory of our surrounding community, there are four questions that we need to ask. Four questions that we need to ask in order to take inventory of our surrounding communities. The first question I think we need to ask is, what are the needs? What are the needs of our community? See, each community has specific needs. One size does not fit all. And so so each need requires a different strategy. It's like, it's like fishing. It's like fishing. Now, in fishing, you use different bait in order to catch different kinds of fish. So the first question we need to, we need to ask ourselves as we take inventory of our community is, what are the needs? Second question we need to ask ourselves is, who is already ministering to these needs? Who is already on the ball? Who's already on the job? Who is already ministering to these needs? See, see there's no need in reinventing the wheel. There's no need in competing with other organizations and other ministries. Remember, remember one of the ways that we care is we care by partnering with caring ministries. So as we look around at our community and we see the needs in our community and we see that there's already an organization or there's already some people, there's already a ministry in place, then we're not going to try and outdo that person or that, that, that ministry. We're going we're to join hands with them. We're going to link arms with them. We're going to partner with them in caring for our community. Can somebody say, Say amen this morning. Well, the third question that we need to ask as we take inventory of our community is, and that is, where can, be, where can we be most effective? Where can we be most effective? See, see, we're not called to do everything, but we are called to do something. We're not called to do everything, but we are called to do something. And the something that we are called to is the something that we have been gifted for, equipped for, and empowered to do. Well, the fourth question that we need to to ask ourselves as we take inventory of of our community, and that is we need to ask the question, which needs are most urgent? Which needs are most urgent? Because, you see, there will always be needs. There will always be needs. My, My phone rings nearly every day with somebody that has a need. There will never be a day when there's not a need. There's always going to, there will always be needs. And we will never be able to meet all of the needs. And so we must ask ourselves, which needs are the most urgent? Which needs are the most urgent? So we've talked a little bit about the inventory. Let's go on and move on this morning. Let's talk a little bit about the investment. Let's talk about the investment. As we take inventory of the needs in our community, what are we going to do about it? It's one thing to take inventory, it's one thing to discover what the needs are, but once we take inventory, once we discover what the needs are, what are we going to do about it? What investment are we willing to make? Well, let me suggest three. The first one is our people. We're going to invest our people. See, people are our greatest asset at the grace place. The church is people. The church is not a building. The church is not an organization. The church is people. So what are we willing to invest in the need of our, of our uh, community? We are willing to invest our people. 
See, see, we gather on Sunday mornings to celebrate. We come here on Sunday morning to worship. We, we come on Sunday morning to hear the word of the Lord. We come on Sunday morning to learn. We come together to do church. Say do church. We come to Sunday morning. We gather together to do church on Sunday morning. But hear me this morning. When we walk out of these doors, we need to go be the church. It's not enough that we just go and do church, but after we go do church, then we need to leave church and go be the church. Once we discover which needs are most urgent in our community and where we can be most effective, we will try to plug our people in. Now, also, we do different outreaches throughout the year. It's not that we don't do anything for our community. I'm not saying we don't. We're doing our best. We have an outreach director, and they're doing well, and we're doing some things we're just not doing enough. We do different outreaches throughout the year, and, and, and it's only because of willing people that we're able to pull these off. What are we willing to invest in our community? Well, not only are we willing to invest our people, but we're also willing to invest our possessions our possessions. We are willing to invest our finances and our facilities in order to care for our community. See, we're not inward focused at the Grace Place. We're not inward. Boy, I can have a little help this morning. (laughs) Just a little bit. We're not inward focused at the Grace Place. See, See, we believe that if God can get it through us, he will get it to us. See, see, we are a river and we are not a reservoir. See, see, we believe that if we are generous with our possessions, that God will be generous toward us with his possessions. Do you believe that this morning? Do you believe it? Amen. Well, our third investment is our persistence. Our persistence. See, See, I believe that one of, one of our greatest strengths at the Grace Place is our consistency. Thank you, Clay. He agrees with me. I believe that one of our greatest strengths at the Grace Place is our consistency. Uh, thank you, honey. Now I've got two. Amen. See, we don't have two visions at the Grace Place. We don't have seven visions at the Grace Place. We don't have 12 visions at the Grace Place. We have one vision. One vision, it is caring people, caring for people. And we are true to that one vision. And and, and everything that we do must fit inside this vision. There's a lot of things that we could do, but are they the things that we should do? And the things that we should do are the things that God has birthed in our heart. And the things that we should do are the things that, that fit inside our vision. We don't have time to do everything, but we do have time to do the thing that God has called us to do. So we need to be like Jesus and set our face like a flint. We need to, need to be like Jesus, amen, who had one eye on Calvary. That's what it was all about to him. We need to know where we're going, how we're going to get there, and we need to put all of our energy and all of our, our time and all of our investment and all of our finance, amen, trying to fulfill the God-called vision that God has given to us. We don't jump from vision to vision. Now, those of you who've been around here for a long time, you think, well, well so what? Well, listen, you go to most churches, and they, you know, they've got, they're going this way this day, and next year they're going another direction, and two years later they're going another. People are heads spinning, don't know where they're going. Well, just please, just tell us where we're going, Pastor. We'll go with you. Listen, I'm telling you where we're going. Get on board. Amen? Amen. 
We don't jump from vision to vision. We don't, we don't allow our vision to become blurred. Amen. Now listen, I'm really excited about how our vision will be played out as we begin to focus more on our local community. As we reach out more to our Jerusalem, our Judea, our Samaria. Amen. Listen, now listen, hear me, hear me clearly. It's not that we will do less around the world. We're not going to do less around the world. We're going to do more around the world. Listen, we're going to win an entire country for God before it's all over. You just wait and see. But our local fo- focus is going to become more clear and more targeted. Our series is called Better Together. Not only do we want to get better connected inside our church, and, and we definitely do, but also we want to get better connected outside. We want our church to become connected to our community. All right, so pastor, after we take inventory of our community, after we make the investment in our community, what can we expect? Well, thanks for asking the question. I just happened to have the answer this morning, and that is the increase. The increase. See, you cannot give without receiving back. It's impossible. It is a law of God. It is a principle of the Word of God. You cannot give without receiving back. You cannot plant seeds without producing a harvest. Luke chapter 6 and verse 38, Jesus said, give. Well, what's going to happen if I give? Well, Jesus anticipated the question and he said, and it will be given to you. What's going to happen if I give? Jesus said, give, and it will be given back to you. And here's how Jesus described how it's coming back. He said, a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For the measure that you use will be the same measure that will be measured back to you. It's a principle of the Word of God, and it works in every part of life. Well, let me suggest three increases we can expect from our, our investment. The first increase is insight. Insight. As we begin to take inventory of the needs of our community, we will begin to gain insight into what our community is really all about. I'm convinced that we do not know what our community is really all about. We live in our little bubble, uh, our little Christian world, and we have no clue, at least most of us have no clue what's really out there. And we drive the, sea, the streets of our cities, and we see, we see all of the buildings, you know, all of that is being built on 20, and you know, for, before long, 360 is just going to go crazy, and all of these things, we say, man, everything's really, really good, and everything's, everybody's prosperous and things are good, and man, we see the, 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 the lights and the glamour, and we see the good life, and, and man, we just kind of look around, and we think everything is, is doing well. But as we begin to take inventory of the needs of our community, we will begin to discover and gain insight into what our community is really all about, and what is really going on, and what is really taking place in our, in our community. I'm telling you, there's some things happening behind the four walls that, you know, I'm telling you, when people go home and they shut the door, listen, there are things that are happening. There are things that are happening right next door to you that you would, man, I mean, it would just make the, the, the hair on the back of your neck stand up if you understood what's happening right down the street from you right next door, and you don't have to live in the hood for that to be happening. 
As we take inventory of our community, we will gain insight. We will, we will begin to discover the strongholds in our community. We will discover where Satan's territory is. Uh, things that have been hidden to us will start coming to light and will begin to become exposed. Because you see, the closer you get to someone or the closer you get to something, the more flaws and the more imperfections start to show up. Have you ever had your eye on somebody and, man, you just had so much respect for them, man? Man, you just thought they were just right under the Trinity, you know? And then for whatever reason, they allowed you into their life and they allowed you to get really, really close. And the closer that you got, the, the less careful they were with what they said and what they did. And all of a sudden, you began to see some warts. All of a sudden, you see some flaws. All of a sudden, you see some things that you didn't know was there. And, and listen, the closer you get to someone or the closer you get to something, the more flaws and imperfections began to show up. And as we began to investigate our community, as we began to make uh, inroads in our community, we're going to see some warts. We're going to see some flaws. We're going to see, we're going to see where, the, where the enemy is working. Listen, 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 the church. But what we need to understand this morning is the church is God's answer for the community. It's not the government. The government is not the answer to our community. It's the church. It's the church. Listen, Psalm chapter 20, verse 1 and 2. Oh, the psalmist writes it. He says, may the Lord answer you when you are in distress. Listen, I believe people are in distress today. I believe that our world is shook. Our world is upset. Our world is in fear. Our world is in turmoil. Our world is in sin. Our world is in, in, in distress. Oh, the psalmist said, may the Lord answer you when you are in distress. How is he going to answer us? Psalmist, the, the psalmist went on to say, may he send you help from the sanctuary. Listen, the help for our world today is not found in a new president. It's not found with the Republicans. It's not found with the Democrats, amen. It's not found, amen, in, in any other way. It is the church. It's the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are the answer today. We are God's only answer, and it's time for the church to step up and be the church. May the Lord answer you when you are in distress. May he send you help from the sanctuary. First Corinthians 12 says that we are the body of Christ. We talked about that last Sunday. We are his hands and we are his feet. We represent him. We are the only Jesus that people are going to see and people are going to be able to know. We are his representation. Oh, as we begin to gain insight into our community, God will begin to reveal his plan for meeting the unique needs of our particular community. He will, he will use us. He will use us, his body, his church. He will use us to meet the needs. It's time for the church to step up and be the church. We've been having church long enough. It's time to be the church. Amen. I said, we've been having church for far too long. And listen, I know a church right now, and they're growing by leaps and bounds. But their whole motto is, is to have church better than anybody else is having church. Well, all that does is get all the church people there. I know I want to have good church too, but it's not my goal to have better church than anybody else has ever had church before. So all the church people will come to my church. My heart and my goal is we can reach our community. Amen. We'll stop spending so much time trying to have church and start becoming the church that we've been called to be. Not only will we increase, our increase include insight, but it'll also in, include influence. 
influence. As we begin to invest in our community, people will take notice and they will begin to look to us for answers. Yeah. As we gain credibility, we will gain influence with people in places of authority. Somebody said it's not what you know that counts, it's who you know. And that's true. It's true. Everything is about influence. Everything is about relationships. And as we begin to invest in our community, people will begin to take notice and will begin to look to us for answers. And as we gain credibility, we will gain influence with people in places of authority. Listen, when we, when we convince God that we are serious about investing in our community, we will, he will begin to align our relationships and he will begin to bring people into our lives who can open doors for us that we never dream possible. Talking about the increase right now. See, God's law of sowing and reaping says you can't reap if you don't sow. Some of you wonder why you're not reaping. Well, it's because you're not sowing. You wonder why you're struggling in your finances because you're not sowing. Can't get a harvest without sowing. You've got to sow seeds to get a harvest. Amen. God's law of sowing and reaping says you can't reap if you do not sow. But listen, it also says that it's impossible to sow without reaping. For whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. It's impossible. Amen. Pastor, you seem pretty blessed. Well, listen, I'm not going to apologize for it. I am, but I'm going to tell you why I'm blessed. It's because of 45 years of sowing. 45 years of praying, 45 years of being faithful, not bragging, just telling you the facts. We've been sowing for 45 years, and we've been praying for the last 20 years that our latter years would be greater than our former years. So would you just excuse me as I'm blessed? Because, yes, the law of sowing and reaping says you reap that you can't reap if you don't sow, but it also says that, that if you sow, you are going to reap. What you give out will come back to you. And then the third increase we can expect from our investment is intake. We will begin to enjoy the fruit of our labor. See, the more that we pour out of this house, the more will be poured into this house. You didn't hear me. I said, the more that we pour out of this house, the more will be poured into this house. See, see, when Elijah was sent by God to Zarephath to be sustained by the widow there, when he got there, no, 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 no doubt, you know, Elijah was probably looking, you know, for some, some widow, you know, with, with a bunch of bling, you know, a bunch of shiny things on her fingers and pulling up in a Ferrari. He didn't, he didn't find what he was expecting. When Elijah got to Zarephath where the, he was going to find the widow God said was going to sustain him, uh, the Bible says that he found a woman, a little weak, feeble woman that was gathering two sticks for a fire. What kind of fire can you have with two sticks? She wasn't expecting much. She didn't have much. All she had was just enough meal in a barrel and enough oil in a cruise, just enough that she was going to be able to make two Aunt Jemima pancakes, one for her, one for her son. They were going to eat them, and that was going to be the last thing we were going to ever have to eat. They were going to eat it, and they were going to die. 
And this is a woman that God sent Elijah to going to take care of him. And so when she tells Elijah what she's going to do, she's got, got two sticks, she's going to start a fire, she's got just enough oil for, and just enough meal for two little pancakes, that's all she's got, and sorry, you're left out because I just got, there's two of us, I got two pancakes here, but Elijah being the sweet, soft-spoken, you know, uh, loving prophet he was said, make me a pancake first. And you know the story, because this widow was willing to pour out what she had on the man of God and willing to pour out what she had on the man of God before she poured it into her and to her son, when she was willing to put God ahead of her and God ahead of her family and God ahead of her son. Listen, the Bible said that over a year, for over a year, every time this little widow went to the meal barrel, there was meal in the barrel. Every time that she turned over the oil jar, there was oil that ran out. Hear me this morning, if we are willing to pour it out, God will keep pouring it in. But I want to tell you something this morning, I want to warn you this morning, and I'm telling you because I know I've seen this happen with my own eyes. Listen, listen, hear me, if we are willing to pour it out, God will keep pouring it in. But the moment we become inward focused... The moment we become inward focused, the moment we become selfish with what we have, the moment we stop pouring it out, God will stop pouring it in. I'm going to say that again this morning. The moment we stop pouring it out, God will stop pouring it in. Luke 14 and 23, Jesus said, go out. Go where? 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 Jesus said, go out, go out into the streets, go out into the lanes of the city, compel them to come into my house, so my house may be full, so my house may be what? What? Full. Full, full, listen, listen, hear me this morning, if we will go out, God will send people in. Listen, the greatest insurance, nobody likes insurance until they need it. Everybody gripes about insurance when they're paying it. Only time they like it is when the insurance is paying back. But I'm going to tell you the greatest insurance, and I'm telling you so you'll know in the future. You can't say I didn't tell you. I'm telling you the blessings of God the last 14 and a half years has been because we have been willing to pour it out. We've been generous with God. Our board has been generous with its pastor, been generous with its staff. Amen. We've been a generous church. We've been generous with evangelists. We've been generous, amen, with missionaries. We've been, we poured it out, poured it out, poured it out. For 14 and a half years, we've been pouring it out. And because we've been willing to pour it out, God has kept pouring it in and pouring it in and pouring it in. And I'm telling you someday, I'm not going to be here to tell you this. You hear me now and you mark it down. You better keep pouring it out because as long as you'll keep pouring it out, God will keep pouring it in. But the moment that you stop pouring it out. It's the moment that the oil is going to quit flowing. I can take you to the place. Hear this pastor this morning. As we take inventory of the needs of our community and as we make our investment into our community, we will begin to enjoy the increase that will come back to us in the areas of insight, influence, and intake. Do you believe this this morning? Do you really believe this this morning? Amen. If I could have some help on the platform this morning, please. The takeaway for the message today is simply this. An inward-focused church will self-destruct. 
I guess my wife not the only one believes this. An inward-focused church will self-destruct. An outward-focused church will become significant. Significant. See, God's not going to give you something he can't trust you with. Personally or as a church. He's not going to give us something that we're not going to take care of. See, every day when I'm walking back and forth in front of this auditorium praying my hour every day, I don't just pray for everyone that, that goes by this church, that a, that a segment of those people God will put on their heart to come in. I can't tell you how many people that are here come to our church and say, what brought you? Well, I was just driving by. Some said, come in. I pray that every day. Amen? I pray that every day. But I don't just pray, God, help our church grow. I pray also every day, God, expand our capacity to grow. Expand, our, expand, expand me. Expect, expand my leadership ability. Expand the staff's leadership ability. Expand, you know, expand us. Lord, 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 stretch us so you can stretch your church. Because God's, God's not going to put a bunch of people in here if we're not willing to take care of them. He loves them too much. Amen. The reason why a lot of churches have 30 people in them. God can't trust them. Amen. Come on now. Come on. Amen. Take away today an inward-focused church will, will self-destruct. An outward-focused church will become significant, and you can take that to the bank. Father, thank you for this word this morning, Lord, not our little sermon, but the word, Lord, that you, have, that you have burned in our heart and in our spirit. Thank you, Lord, that you are taking our vision and you're expanding our vision. And, and God, Lord, we've done some incredible, incredible things, but God, I believe that we've not even began to see what we're going to begin to see, not just around the world, but right here in our own neighborhood, right here, in, right in here in our own Jerusalem, in our own Judea, in our own Samaria, Lord, in Arlington, in, in Mansfield, in, in Grand Prairie, Father, God, the things that you already have have planned, the relationships you're going to, you're going to help us develop, Lord, the, Lord the, the insight you're going to give us, Father. Lord, all of these things you're going to help us with. Oh, God, I just pray that you'll help us, Father. Just continue. God, continue. Lord, now is not a day to say, hey, we got plenty of time. Hey, look, we got four months, then the harvest. No, no, no. Wake up. Look around. The, the, the fields are white. It's ripe. It's all ready for harvest. The seeds have already been planted. They've already germinated. They've already taken root. They've already grown. It's, it's harvest time. It's time to harvest. It's time to harvest. Around the world, yes, but our world as well. 